what we've been doing all week is simultaneously practicing uh, consoling our mind each time it gets startled into an agitated state, whether it was being in here or doing the movement practice or walking down to eat or dealing with the work meditation or mostly dealing with the thoughts and feelings that arise in the mind during all of those activities. It's not the activities themselves, it's what arises in the mind in response to them. What we're all the time doing, uh, particularly if we're alert about it, is we're settling the mind down, settling the attention down, so we can choose the response in that wise effort, fork in the road, that uh, continually re-liberates the mind from its habits of suffering, not once and for all, but re-liberates and re-liberates and re-liberates. So that each of the times that the mind is clear of suffering, clear of the habits that create suffering, it's available for its natural response of impartial, impartial warm response. It's not impartial consoling because it includes impartial enthusiasm for other people's well-being and their successes and um, it includes it includes compassion for those people whose experience is currently hard and it in, really is rooted in uh, impartial goodwill to everybody because they're a person having a life I really like that uh, when you google the uh, metta sutta on in uh, on the uh, on the web it comes up sometimes with different names it comes up the metta sutta or the sermon on mindfulness sometimes it comes up uh, the buddha's teaching on impartial on impartial kindness which i think is maybe the best name for it and really i think it's it's the impartial that's the most liberating aspect of, of the development because uh, the mind is relieved, one's own mind is relieved when, it's, when it includes everything. From having to remember, is this on my list if I like it or I don't like it? Uh, I don't remember if I told you the story about, so just the punchline of the story because I might have told it this week about uh, saying to one of my closest friends who asked me one time if I had anybody on my list that I had not forgiven. And I said, only one. And I told her this really important story to me about how hurt I'd been by this one person. I described the whole thing. I don't tell other people, but I told her. I got all finished. She said, really, if there is one person standing between you and loving all beings... (laughs) You know, one person standing in the way. Uh, don't you think you could get over it? So, uh, but so when you think about that, that's kind of ludicrous. You say, I have this opportunity to have complete peace of mind and nothing but goodness suffusing my mind, but I'm holding out with this one person. It's, it's really ridiculous. Um, I don't even have to like the person. I ended up actually liking the person when I had figured that out in my mind, but I actually actually ended up friends with the person. But 
think it's really not good for us to have people on a list. I don't, I, I'm not equally attracted to people or fond of people, but it's about not having a problem arise in the mind when wishing well, when so-and-so comes into sight in my mind or in actuality. I don't have to remember, oh, yes, you I like, but you're not you, and this one good, and this one fooey. You don't have to do that anymore because it's just the same. And seriously, and this may be the most profound thing, of, thing about this whole practice and really connected to why it is really the same as the mindfulness practice that many of you have learned before, is it's not only with people, you I like and you I don't like, but it's with the stuff of our lives. This is good, this is not good. I'm happy with this, I'm not happy if only this hadn't happened to me. This is it, our lives. It's the only life we've got at this point. It'll change, it's always changing. But not to resent this life, to be able to forgive it for being the way it is up to now. If I forgive my life and the stuff of my life, my mind stays able to, in the clarity of forgiveness, nobody's responsible, it's all the way back to the beginning of creation, then everyone is responsible. To the degree that I see that and my mind stays clear, I can behave as wisely as I possibly can. And really all week we've said a lot of, you know, we pick this category and that person and this person and that person to work with. And I was thinking it's really a paradox because uh, on the one hand I've said a few times, you pick this person or that person. And I've also said it's not like sending email though. That when my, when my personal heart f- feels itself transformed and open, it's not only open to that person. You can't say, okay, this part of my mind is now open. But the rest I have to work on. Either it's open and relaxed and impartial or it's not. So in a way, there are times that I say, you know, this practice looks like we are praying for the whole world and blessing the whole world. But really it's for our own self. But really it is actually for the whole world as well. Really it is for the whole world. Uh, I don't know if... um, I let go of the question of whether specific (laughs) prayers for specific people... Uh, prayers for health, or I don't know if thoughts affect that, but they affect me if I pray for my friends with one or another kinds of distress. As a group on Wednesday mornings down the hill, people mention the people that they're holding in their heart, relatives and friends and people they know about, people they see in the news, whose lives affect them, who they're moved about, who they'd like to bless, and everybody listens. Nobody says anything, but everybody feels that. And I, I'm, I'm sure, because we talk about it, that everybody's heart moves in response. Because other people are our people. And when someone says, my friend so-and-so, who is having this and that problem, it's like the, their friend is our friend, and we know a person who has that problem. And even if we don't, we know the feeling that we have if we had a person with that problem. And there is such a comfort in knowing that we are not having our stuff alone. 
that we are met with it, that we're accompanied. I think more and more as the years go by, I think that uh, the, the, uh, the spiritual practice, certainly of a mature life, is uh, companioning and consoling for everything. Needing to forgive everything. Keeping each other company as we forgive everything. And it does matter who we pick because when we pick different people in each category or in our world, they help us discover the limitations of our own heart. I think about it, I think somebody, one of us mentioned this is like going to the gym. You take your mind to the gym and you work with light barbells and then you work with heavier ones and then you work with heavier ones. When you get at it, you work with the heaviest ones. You say, I can do this, I worked up. Because actually it's a thought because it's not exactly like barbells. A thought of a person is something that everybody can hold in their mind. I actually think uh, when I thought about that when someone was talking the other day, I thought, well, the gym is a really good analogy. It's like taking your mind to the gym. Uh, The analogy that I most often think is it's like taking your mind to the laundry and uh, that whatever left in it that you didn't really wash out, uh, you could wash again and wash again and wash again. Because the thing is, we keep on re-staining our stuff every time we tell a story about somebody and we rebuild that crinkle in the laundry or that difficulty with the laundry then the laundry sparkles after a while when you take out all those stories. But they require not telling the stories. And we're such habitual storytellers. We tell ourselves stories all the time. This is good, this is not good. Oh, this is fortunate that it happened, this is not fortunate. You don't know. Things happen. I'm sure I mentioned that one of the things that I say to myself quite frequently as I sit and maybe something disturbing arises, or as I live and something disturbing happens. I tried to say to myself, this is what's happening now. Let's see what happens next. It's always very consoling to remember that there's a next, and that it'll be something. It could be worse, you don't know. But there's a next. So I don't have to make a decision about being upset about this particular moment. To wait. Then I realize I don't know anything, really. And that really, um, on some level, it's all billiard balls bouncing off each other. and um, The only thing I can do is I can make my heart really um, as uh, steady so that it retains the wisdom that I'm not in charge. Things happen. The best I can do is keep my mind liberated from the habits that cause suffering so that I can meet them with kindness, all the things. I also think one more word about the categories of this category, that category, the other category, the dearest friend and the difficult person. I have a 
I, I have an, an image in my mind sometime of uh, a picture that are in science books, maybe of fifth graders or sixth graders, where it's a picture of the solar system, maybe fourth graders with the sun, and then Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, and all these planets circulating around them. And I think that uh, there's a, a similar kind of a map in our own mind that at least gets built up as we practice here, that here I am in the middle of my life, and around me is circulating my nearest and dearest, and next to them are my friends, and next and the next orbit is my sort of friends, and the next orbit is my colleagues that I kind of get along with, and out here somewhere is is um, asteroid belt. Everybody else is in it, and the far planets, and uh, somewhere out there are difficult people, sort of circulating out in the far. And we are hoping that they won't cruise through like a comet and come too close to us. But actually, the truth is that when I think about myself, I take turns being in all of those categories. I am sometimes my own best friend. When I'm pleased with myself, I like to be by myself, I like to be on retreat, I keep myself good company. I I really mostly depend on myself to be a best friend to myself, except when I'm my own most difficult person, which also happens if I get in some sort of a funk that I can't easily get out of, then I'm unhappy about myself. You know, it's actually, I think it's it's one of the occupational hazards of being a spiritual teacher because you fall into some sort of a realm that's not comfortable. And then on top of the pain of the realm, you think to yourself, 35 years of practice and I'm still falling into this realm. I'm a fraud. I don't know anything. It's ridiculous. I can be my own most difficult person. I can be my own best friend. I can be everything else in between. And I think that's the truth. We are all of us, all of those categories of people. And on some level, this is completely an heuristic psychological device to use all of these ideas of categories to test that mind about can it open, can it be relaxed. This afternoon, we'll uh, come to that place in the retreat where we practice mindful meeting each other and mindful talking. And all of a sudden, it gets way more complicated, you know. (laughs) When we're sitting quietly and walking quietly and eating quietly, for the most part, people don't get on our nerves too much. Sometimes they get on our nerves in the way they walk or sit or stand or chew their food or take too much or bang the door or take too long of a shower. The mind looking for something to grumble about, there's no end, even in a silent community of things it can find to grumble about. But also, in the middle of all of that, the mind makes up stories. You look at people, probably you all of you, you saw everybody here, you're supposed to lower the eyes, but everybody looked at everybody. (laughs) And everybody probably knows who they feel like meeting this afternoon and who they feel like not meeting this afternoon. And then when they meet the people they feel like meeting that they've already constructed, this person's going to be just like me, I'm going to love them, they're going to have a... We're going to have all the right ideas. You find out they vote entirely differently from the way you do. (laughs) Or they're not interested in you 
or whatever, you know, but we could, as long as we live in the realm of story, when we live in the realm of talking to each other, we have to deal with it. And uh, so that's the next step. But I think that this is, the, this is the best practice for living in a world of people you talk to and people you don't talk to. Because the thing that really is underneath is retaining enough balance so that the fundamental truth that everyone is in some way just like us, really when we're in relationship not separate from us, what I do affects the world, what everybody here does affects the world, our proximal worlds, our distal worlds, the butterfly flapping its wings and uh, Massachusetts cause being a part of the hurricane in the South Pacific. Everything, part of everything else in its unfolding. I think that that realization on however way it deepens, it certainly in me has made me more and more careful. I meant it when I said I became more kind, that everything has sequelae. So we'll sit, and I'd like to invite you to begin uh, the exploration of... uh, meeting people in real talk time by meeting categories of people or groups of people in interior time. So really, it, it's... Uh, you do it at your own pace. Um, start with yourself and your benefactor. You know, in, in, in real life, when I sit down to meditate, especially when I sit down to meditate, I don't sit down and fall on my phrases the first second. I sit down, I sit there a little bit. I feel myself breathing, I feel myself here. I feel my body in this position and my bottom on the chair and my back against the back of it. I feel myself breathing, I listen. Even in a quiet room, there's little sounds. And if I close my eyes and I listen, my body comes more into focus, presents itself more. If I remember to smile, I smile because it's good for you. Really relaxes the body. Physiologically, it's good to smile. And then I start with wishing well in the formula that I use for myself and my benefactor after a while and my nearest and dearest. And really, this is a time that you can invite lots of people into your group, the person that you have chosen or persons. But the mind has limitless space. You can invite in all of your dearest And then when you want to, your friends and your neutral people. So I don't have to choose between my dentist and my my person who uh, cuts my hair or my supermarket person who I uh, 
enjoy meeting, they can all come in. And then I like to visualize. You can visualize however you want. I like to think about um, all of the people who are proximally near, everyone in the retreat center, then everyone in Woodacre, and then everyone in the Western Hemisphere. Like the center of the world is right here. And the world spreads out from me in the center of it and from you right in the center of it and around the world. I find it very helpful to me to think about, to imagine the whole world, people getting up and people going to sleep and people getting born and people dying, people planting and people harvesting. And you can take this time and enjoy inviting people who are in other groups that you think about and care about. All the people politically active, all the people who are working on climate change, The traditional reflection is to think about all beings on all realms. And however that resonates with you, bring them into your mind because the mind is limitless. You have a lot of space in it. Now we have this time to practice.
So the afternoon today will be um, a different schedule, and you can read all about it on the bulletin board. Um, the most important piece of information that you need is that everybody should be here at 3.30 in this room for both um, 
more announcements about. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.